good day to everybody. Welcome to the Shepherd's Voice, the brand new edition. This is the 2020 edition, actually. Happy New Year to you. And we're going to present to you the host of the program, the Bishop of Trenton, Bishop David M. O'Connell. Welcome, Bishop. Good morning and Happy New Year to you, Jim, to everybody. Happy New Year. It's a wonderful uh, Christmas. I hope you had a good uh, a good holiday. I hope everyone had a good holiday, a good Christmas season. Uh, I began... Uh, my preparation for Christmas by visiting some schools in late December, I think since our last broadcast, mm-hmm. I was over at uh, Trinity High School uh, over in Monmouth and mm-hmm. uh, had a beautiful visit there with the kids there. It's an all-girls school mm-hmm. uh, in the Catholic tradition, and it was a wonderful, a wonderful opportunity to visit with the kids over there and with the faculty. They're doing a great job. I went down to St. Rose in Belmar. I celebrated Mass for the high school mm. and then went over to visit in the grammar school and the kids were all excited getting ready for Christmas. It was a, Yeah, that's a, the fun week before oh, Christmas, great, right, with kids? It's a great, great <laughs> They're all ready for it. Yeah. And then uh, finished up right before Christmas at Notre Dame High School uh, here in Lawrenceville. Uh, celebrated Mass for the student body there and some alumni and alumni come back for that mass, and then mm-hmm. they put on a beautiful Christmas pageant, nativity pageant mm-hmm. there, and they have, an, they have a marvelous orchestra and musical program at mm-hmm. Notre Dame High School. So it was, it was great. Celebrated Christmas um, masses at the cathedral, uh, Christmas Eve at uh, 4 p.m. Pretty crowded. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, here in Trenton. Here in Trenton, mm-hmm. yeah, St. Mary's of the Assumption Cathedral. And uh, I like to do that. That's my that's my church in the diocese, right. and uh, to be present there uh, is important. And then I had midnight mass at St. Paul's this year. Mm-hmm. I heard year, last year I was uh, at St. Robert's at the Co Cathedral for midnight mass, mm-hmm. and this year I, I enjoy the midnight mass. I guess it's kind of it was actually at midnight. Uh, at midnight, yeah, it was. tradition reminds yeah. me of uh, growing up days serving mass, right. midnight mass. Yeah. Beautiful choir there, and. Uh, Full church. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pastors tell me that, that the the trend seems to be that people are going to the earlier masses uh, more than to the midnight mm-hmm. mass. Mm-hmm. But it was a full it was a full church. Uh, I wouldn't say standing room only, but it was it was full, mm-hmm. and uh, the music was was great. Monsignor Rosi, of course, is a was a wonderful host, and uh, Father Carlo, who works with me, is right. uh, helped me at the altar, and uh, Deacon Jim Nipper who serves there, and Father Miguel. So it was a, it was a great opportunity. Uh, finished that Mass. Actually, well, it, didn't, it wasn't as long as you might expect. I, I, was, I heard. It was, I was home uh, by 1.30. I had some uh, my relatives, that's my sister and brother-in-law, my nephew, my niece. My, in fact, a couple of my, grand, my grandniece and my grandnephew served with you that night. Oh, no at kidding. At St. Paul's, yeah. Oh wow! They didn't. Mm-hmm. They didn't identify themselves. I don't want to mention that. I tell them, don't mention my name because you want to. Ah, <laughs> no, no. Oh, that's great. We'll get you anywhere. Good, good, good service. Yeah, good. nice kids, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a, a, a good mass. And I, I was up early the next day. I went over to the prison, uh, New Jersey State Prison, which I go mm-hmm. always on the uh, special holidays, and uh, I was over there by eight thirty. It was a beautiful day, actually. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was a sunny day. And uh, on Christmas, it's not a visiting day for the residents of the prison. And I guess that's because the staff is diminished for the holiday. Right, right. So when I got there, it was interesting. There was no one there. 
mm. except for one guard. Uh, so I sat and waited for a little bit, and then others came who go in with me for the mass, mm-hmm. the volunteers who mm-hmm. were who were there, and and uh, so we we went in, and it seemed like a larger crowd than usual for mm. the mass. It seemed maybe fifty or more for the mass, and by now I've been going there for. How many years now since mm-hmm. I've been bishop, and uh, I, I've gotten to know some of the men, so mm-hmm. uh, they seem to look forward to the visit, and I get a chance to talk to them and so on. Celebrated mass, beautiful opportunity. There are two sisters who are there who work: Sister Elizabeth Nam mm-hmm. and Sister Loretta. Both are Dominican sisters, and I'll tell you, these are saintly women, and the the men hold them in such such respect and mm-hmm. such regard. Mm-hmm. Uh, they really care about uh, the prisoners there, the residents there. I mean, it's a ministry for them. And uh, It's an interesting ministry, Bishop, because you think about what these men have done and why they're there, yet to bring the mercy of God to them in such a beautiful way. And I'm sure they're not all Catholic. The ones at the Mass are. Oh, they are, okay. You know, they're mm-hmm. all Catholic. They're all Catholic. Uh, and... It is interesting. I don't know why they're there, mm-hmm. and they're li- they're listening to the program. Mm-hmm. So, uh, a shout out to them today because right. they do listen to our mm-hmm. radio broadcast. I'm not not sure why the the men are there, and I don't ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I must say, I, I find them very welcoming, and I enjoy. I look forward to being mm-hmm. with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, if you were. Just a casual observer, you wouldn't know that it was any different than any other mm-hmm. uh, group of men, and I guess that's the point. These are men who've who've made mistakes right. in their lives, and some serious mistakes, and they're paying for those mistakes here. Um, but it's the outreach of the church, and the outreach of uh, the work of mercy, uh, the work of mercy, sure. uh, to be with them and mm-hmm. to uh, to share those moments with them. Anyway, uh, that that was the Christmas. Then I went to uh, my brother, who works with me here in Trenton in the mm-hmm. diocese, in the education office. My brother Dan, he's been on the program uh, yes. with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he and I went out to dinner. There's not too many places that are open. Every year I cook, and uh-huh. I've done so as long as I can remember. But for some reason this year, I just didn't feel like it. <laughs> we were busy. <laughs> uh, so Midnight I, mass and then 8 o'clock uh, in the morning. Yeah, you, 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 I you do that. Yeah. I've done that in the mm-hmm. past. When my mother was alive, God lover, I would prepare two thing, two Christmas oh, dinners. Wow. Mm-hmm. One I would make early, and then I would take it down to to her, right. uh, to her and to my brother down there, mm-hmm. and then have my own Christmas but anyway, my brother and I went out for dinner, and we, we took some priests uh, who who really didn't have anywhere to go Christmas mm-hmm. Day. Right. Uh, so enjoyed their company and had a, had a very nice visit, came back home. And, and my brother and I watched The Two Popes. Okay, on Netflix. I've heard about it. I've yeah. not seen it. I've heard yeah. people talking about it. Yeah, it's on this this Netflix. Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I I've seen a lot. Been of nominated our, for awards too. I think yeah, the Golden I think it Globe. Was not, yeah, yeah they, they didn't win no. the Golden Globe. But mm-hmm. Two actors, Anthony Hopkins, who I think is a terrific actor. He played uh, Cardinal Ratzinger, mm-hmm. Benedict mm-hmm. the Sixteenth, and. Jonathan Price played Francis, and he is a dead ringer for Francis. 
He looks just yeah. like him. And right. he, I was watching very carefully, and he his actions. I mean, he you you would believe that it was that you were actually looking at Pope he Francis. He studied him, yeah. Way, mm-hmm. yeah. Of course, in, for most of the show, he was Bergoglio. He was right. the cardinal, and it's a fantasy. Mm-hmm. I mean, just say that in the beginning. You know, people are getting all excited about right. this, and the the portrayal of Pope Benedict by Anthony Hopkins. Uh, while it was uh, good acting, uh, it, it wasn't the Pope Benedict that I knew right. over the years, and I had many opportunities to talk to him and mm-hmm. to be with him in his presence. It was a bit of a caricature of people's perception of Pope Benedict. Mm-hmm. And the same would probably be true of, of Jonathan Price and his portrayal of Pope Francis. Right. Um, and it was the interplay between the two. Of course, uh, they they presented private conversations. Well, who knows what was said in private right, conversations? Yeah. If, if they even occurred, you right, know. Right, right. But you know, I, I like to watch movies about the church anyway. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You know, it's it's my it's professional professional uh, uh, situation. So I, I enjoyed watching it. I enjoyed seeing the scenes of Rome and sure. the Vatican. It was amazing for those members of our listening audience who may have watched the program, the Sistine Chapel figures prominently in the movie. Mm-hmm. That that was not filmed in the Sistine Chapel. The Sistine Chapel was recreated in the Hollywood oh, wow. set. Wow. It was amazing yeah. to me to see that. Then the beautiful gardens and sure. all of that, places that I've been a million times. Mm-hmm. During now, did this, they do that filming there in, in the gardens, you think? Yeah, I, I think that's look, probably... Look pretty authentic. That was probably authentic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looked authentic to mm-hmm. me, but then so did the Sistine Chapel. Right. It was, but it was <laughs> Hollywood a, can do a lot of things. It, so, was, yeah. it was a movie that was kind of interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, of course, it, it's the uh, what they present is kind of the Benedict agenda, which is a l- little more traditional mm-hmm. as opposed to the Francis agenda, which they portray as m- more progressive. Right. Um, so it's the interplay between those two things. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the end, you see the two of them <laughs> watching a soccer game. Right. I remember remember when that happened, actually. Do you recall that when that, that yes. they did? Uh, yeah. But it was Germany and Argentina were playing each other, right? Pope Benedict was not a sports fan. Okay. And so this kind of thing would mean nothing to him. Right, right, right. But he's there with sharing a beer with... Uh, yeah. Pope Francis on the couch, too. <laughs> and the Germans actually won the, did, that yeah. soccer game. Yeah. So anyway, fun, fun movie. Don't take it too seriously, and don't waste any time getting upset about it. It's a movie. It's a movie. Yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. if you want to watch it, watch it, enjoy it. If you don't want to watch it, don't watch it. It's funny because there are, there are some you know, interesting films out like that. I know I, I watched one with John Voight, who I know you know. Uh, played John Paul II. Well, I'll tell you, excellent portrayal. John Voight, of course, as you say, I, I know John, and and uh, sometimes I'm in touch with him. He's on that series Ray Donovan now. Mm-hmm. He plays a, a horrible character, you know. <laughs> and I remember watching once, and I texted him. I said, John, I'm watching, I'm watching Ray Donovan, and, <laughs> and he wrote back, "You just lost my respect." <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, he was dead on. Wasn't he? Pope I mean, John Paul II. Excellent, excellent. Dead on. And you know what? When when I was at Catholic U, he's a graduate of Catholic U. Yes. And we, we had met at one, during one of his visits to the Washington area, and we had talked about uh, the idea of putting together a, a one-man show mm. about Pope John Paul wow. II. Mm. 
uh, with him, of course, portraying, reprising that yeah. character, and uh, just it, it didn't go anywhere. It was just a conversation right, between the two right, of us. Right, and right. Who, who am I? You know, I was yeah. just <laughs> running the idea. <laughs> behind. But uh, but he's he's amazing to see him. He's he's in his eighties now. Yeah, yeah. You don't think of people. Uh, getting older, you know, you no. just don't. No, yeah, not when they're so. Uh, you see them on film from you know fifty years yeah, ago. Forever, right? yeah. you know. So, but anyway, that was that okay. was great. Mm-hmm. I watched this other show. You, you know, I had because you have a uh, little more time. A week little, off, and right. uh, you know, you. What am I going to do? You know, mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I can't. I can't go running around right, right. as much as I used to. But uh, I watched a show called The Messiah, and it's a multi-part. You know. Two Popes is a movie, just mm-hmm. a, a one, but this is a uh, eight or ten episodes. I forget mm-hmm. how many uh, about uh, the reappearance of the Messiah in contemporary mm. times. And while I found it interesting, and, and to see how they kind of read into the script, uh, scripture mm-hmm. and scripture and, and our beliefs and traditions about about the Lord, uh, there was a lot that was off base mm-hmm. and uh, a lot that was a little bit strange. But anyway, it's, uh, these, these shows are meant to hook you in. And right. There was enough there to get me interested, and I watched the whole, the whole series, and the, the series has been renewed. Um, but it's interesting to me, there's been a lot in recent years of, of productions about religious mm-hmm. topics right. and religious themes and I was saying to my to one of my priests at the time, did you ever notice how often when you are looking at a television program or a movie and they're in someone's home, there's a cross on the wall? Mm. It's in almost every single case. Mm-hmm. There's a cross or a crucifix on the wall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to me yeah. whether that's deliberate or right. who, who knows. But there there is a fascination that people have, certainly with things of the church, right. uh, which they don't... They heard about or they've seen, but they just don't understand. And so they're being portrayed. Hopefully people will portray them accurately. Right. But, of course, they don't always. And just just the notion of God and faith and religion mm-hmm. in general. So uh, so I did, I did a bit of uh, television watching as, mm-hmm. as much as I could stay awake. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I often say I've become my father. You know, I'm, yeah. a, I'm out like a light once I, I, I hit find, that recliner. I find myself. I used to. I used to see my chair over there, Bishop. That's. Yeah, <laughs> that's, I noticed that's, that. That's, I turned 65 last month, so I was like, I get a little nap time in here sometimes. Why not? <laughs> and then, of course, New Year's Eve came rolling around pretty quickly, and I had a quiet dinner with some of my priests. Uh, we went over to uh, uh, over to Pennsylvania, had a, had a nice dinner. New Year's Day was a quiet day. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I would say people say, How, what, was, what was Christmas like for you? I would just have to say it was quiet. Yeah, it was which is quiet, good. Which is good. It was a quiet time. You know, once your parents go and so on, you're, you're, the holidays are, are, are always a little bit sure. different. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my brothers do their own thing and they have their the own. Dyna- dynamics change. And, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So they, they, they have their own, their own beat that they, they sure. handle. And uh, I get a chance to see some of the priests, especially some of my friends. A friend of mine who's a priest in Allentown Diocese, he and I were in the seminary together, Tom, Father Tom, Monsignor Tom Baddock. He came down for uh, an overnight. We went out for dinner, had a good, had a good uh, visit, and uh, I did a lot of reading. You, mm-hmm. you know, I spend a lot of time alone mm-hmm. uh, since I don't have a, a priest living with me. 
anymore. Uh, and it's amazing how how that uh, that solitude uh, does create the space for more prayer. I find myself praying a lot more, and by that I mean in terms of time, mm-hmm. spending the time, right, uh, and reading. I get a lot. People send me a lot of books. It's many times they're books that I would never read or never mm-hmm. buy for myself, right. and that I don't read. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, you know, they're very kind to send me send me things. But uh, I have a number of books on the reading list. Uh, some of which I did receive. I have received from people that are interesting, mm-hmm. and so I use the time to read. I do a lot of writing because I give a lot of talks during the course of the year. And I don't know how it comes across to people. I think people sometimes think you just get up and speak, you know. Right. But I'm, I'm a kind of pretty obsessive about preparing, mm-hmm. and I spend a lot of time preparing talks. So the, the, these breaks mm-hmm. in the schedule give me time to, sure. to to vote for that. And and honestly, just some time just to do nothing, Yeah, which you, you, you do need. Sleep mm-hmm. a little bit more because sure. I, I don't sleep well, and, and so to have the opportunity to... Take a nap here and there and get mm-hmm. a little extra sleep. So, so in general, great. Uh, on New Year's Day, I got to enjoy uh, something I've looked forward to now with Monsignor Jim Inocenzi, who is our judicial vicar. He's mm-hmm. the head of the tribunal and canonical service in the diocese at the chancery. He's have has a tradition of cooking pork and sauerkraut oh. <laughs> on New Year's Day. Okay. And so uh, he sent me over a little... Care package and oh, okay. I enjoyed that it was it was wonderful. Uh, of course, watch the Eagles lose, uh-huh. uh, which is always uh, sad. Uh-huh. It was a tough game, you know, a lot of injuries, you know, and uh, and the Seahawks. Uh, uh, what can I say? <laughs> uh, Carson Wentz, of course, got hurt. You know, that was a tough, uh, tough to watch. Well, the bang on the head. They have so yeah, much, yeah, so yeah, many injuries yeah, in, in yeah. the Eagles. You know, I, I must say, I. I was hoping, but I didn't. I didn't think they were going to pull it out this mm-hmm, year, and mm-hmm. of course they didn't. So yeah. maybe next year, who knows? They rebuild. Epiphany Sunday came. You know, I was listening to you the other day talk about the Epiphany. Mm-hmm. You really gave a very, very nice presentation of the Epiphany. Well, thank you. I yeah. don't remember what I said. I, I, I said, I said, geez, I'm going to ordain that guy and have him go out and preach. He's a good, he's a good preacher. Uh, it was so wonderful. You know, the, the manifestation. Epiphany, beautiful. Epiphany yeah. means mm-hmm. manifestation mm-hmm. and part mm-hmm. of the Christmas season. Do you know, at one point, all these feasts were celebrated together. Mm-hmm. Christmas, Epiphany, what we now call the baptism of the Lord, all celebrated it. At one time, and it was only gradually in the early history of the church that the mm-hmm. feast days were separated right. out. Right. And it was Christmas then separated from Epiphany mm-hmm. and baptism of the Lord. And then Epiphany was separated from the feast of the commemoration of the baptism of right. the Lord. Right. Uh, and so they each have a distinct part to play mm-hmm. and a distinct message during the Christmas season this coming Sunday, the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord. It's not baptism in the way that we think of it. I'm right. sorry. No, it's not Bishop, but the, the big question comes up all the time. Is this the end of the Christmas season, or some people take it all the way to February 2nd, the presentation? Well, you know, the, the, it depends on what cultural tradition mm-hmm. that you have. 
in, you know, my grandmother would leave the Christmas tree up till February. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the needles are falling on the floor and the, right. the Christmas ornaments are falling off the tree. Right. Liturgically, it, it, it does conclude but Sunday, in, right? In, in the, the, in the, uh, in the, consi- the Vatican Concilium, Vatican II uh, reform of the liturgy, the, the Christmas season liturgically ends on this coming Sunday, the mm-hmm. baptism of the Lord. Uh, of course, for us as Christians, and Christmas Christmas is all year. It's, it's well, I remember John Paul when during the Jubilee said, "Keep your lights up all, all year long." <laughs> We're celebrating the birth throughout this entire Jubilee year. So keep your lights on. Keep your nativity sets up. He was encouraging. Oh, he us just to... didn't want to go up the ladder and take those <laughs> lights. Out. Come on, maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> but uh, the liturgical end of the season is mm-hmm. this this coming Sunday with the Feast of the Baptism, and then we move into ordinary time. Mm. Uh, Ash Wednesday isn't until the toward the end of February. Right. So we have a good long uh, period of time, of ordinary time, in between the two seasons. I actually like that. It gives you a bit of a break, a bit right. of a breather. Right. You know, some years it seems you end Christmas and then in a couple yeah, weeks. Yeah, Ash so Wednesday's February 8th, you know. Yeah, it's right, right <laughs> upon you. So, as I say, in the early church, I think it was around the 4th century, um, the the feast started to be separated mm-hmm. out. You know, people will ask the question, you know, was Christ born on December 25th? Mm-hmm. Now, it's, it's nowhere in the Bible. Right. And there are those who say, well, you know, given given the, uh, the pattern of the stars in the sky and the temperature and all of that, you know, that probably he was born in March— uh, but who knows? Mm. But my response is, who's, who cares? Right. Christ was born. That's the point. That's the point. Mm-hmm. That's like so much in the scripture, you know. Mm-hmm. You, you're looking for the point of it mm-hmm. and not the literal situation. And, you know, it happened in, in the 300s, in the 4th century, that mm-hmm. uh, the determination was made that December 5th would be the day that we celebrated Christmas Day, the mm-hmm. birth of Christ. And that's what we celebrate both in religious society as well as mm-hmm. civil society mm-hmm. and uh, and, it, and it, everything revolves around that time feast of the baptism of the lord is an interesting feast because you know we use the word baptism and it immediately connotes in our minds you know the baptism that we experienced right. okay and that was not the baptism of john and the jordan that mm-hmm. was his baptism was a baptism for the forgiveness of sins, but it was also giving giving the Jewish people an opportunity to to be together and to, to, to revolve around this notion of forgiveness of sins and the expectation of the coming of the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And so th- when this feast day arrives, the Messiah is already here. Right. Uh, the last time John and Jesus met was... In the womb, I mean, yeah, <laughs> when yeah. Elizabeth and Mary had the visitation, had the opportunity to visit, and so John sees Jesus and is made aware that this is the Lamb of God, mm-hmm. and says that in the gospel, uh, and baptizes. Although Jesus, Jesus, Jesus wants to be baptized by John, John is resistant to Jesus being baptized. You know, I'm not worthy to undo the strap of his sandal. Right. You know, and Jesus says, no, let's do this for the sake of righteousness to fulfill mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And so he undergoes the baptism. Uh, kind of, in, it's, in a, it's a symbolic thing, mm-hmm. but it's the second manifestation of Christ. Mm-hmm. The first being 
the Epiphany, right. the visit of the Magi, and now Jesus undergoes this baptism uh, that John gave, and the voice of God uh, is heard. This is my beloved son, the manifestation. And then from there on, the wedding feast of Cana, the call of the apostles, mm -hmm. and, the, and the three years of the public ministry occurs. Yeah. You know, in a very real way, you can say that the baptism of the Lord is a foreshadowing or a prefigurement of the baptism that we share. But, of course, the baptism that we uh, uh, celebrate and the baptism that uh, is administered in the church uh, has a deeper, I shouldn't say deeper meaning, but it has a different meaning than the, than the scriptural baptism accounts right. and it's account the baptism is in each of the four gospels mm -hmm. the visit of the magi isn't it's not mm -hmm. but the baptism of the, of the lord mm -hmm. is and so. i was saying as i was saying the other in the program many european countries celebrate the 6th of january as a bigger celebration oh, than the 25th of december that's when they give the gifts sure you know that's when the gifts are given and uh, and that's one of the reasons why uh, sometimes folks of different cultural backgrounds uh, don't make a big deal about Christmas Eve or Christmas Day or mm -hmm. Christmas Mass, which I, I really never realized till I became a bishop, you know, that some cultural uh, communities don't uh, flock to church on Christmas right. Day. They have parties and things like that, but their big day is January 6th, right. the Feast of the Epiphany, right. which, of course, is transferred to Sunday, the Sunday closest to right. that date. Right. But also, Bishop, I think, you know, we this year, too, we found it in our own family, the effort to, to really celebrate the eight days of Christmas, this the day of Christmas for eight days is really what we're doing, right? Sure, it's one sure. one big long day. And to celebrate it as such, I hate to see the trees out on the curb on January 27th or December 27th. Yeah, I know, I know. You know, but to, to sell it, to really make an effort of the church says, we are, this is such a great solemnity, we're celebrating for eight days, and yeah, we should be doing that. Absolutely. And, uh, uh, we, we, we talk about the 12 days of Christmas, uh, and, uh, uh, some places actually call the Feast of the Epiphany Little Christmas. Right. I know in Ireland that's, mm -hmm. that's the expression, yeah. the Little Christmas. Right. Uh, Twelfth Day, Twelve Days of Christmas mm -hmm. Day. It goes by different different titles, but the Feast of the of the Magi. And, uh, you know, I, I just find that the Feast of the Epiphany kind of interesting because, you know, we've traditionally talked about three kings, mm -hmm. but the Scripture doesn't tell us how many kings there were, right. whether it was three. Some say twelve. Right. That there were 12 Magi right. that had come, where they were actually from, right. uh, why did they stop to see Herod on the way, you know, the, what was the meaning of the star, right. you know, was it something unusual or it was just did the sky happened to be very clear at mm -hmm. particular times? So, mm -hmm. Were they astrologers or astronomers? Right. Was that explain their interest in the star? Right. So uh, there's a lot to think about as you read the accounts of, of the visit of the Magi. Mm -hmm. And I I, uh, I spent a lot of time during the Christmas season rereading the things I've read a million times. But of course, you know, I'm getting older now. I forget mm -hmm. what mm -hmm. <laughs> I forget. Mm -hmm. I forget so much. But uh, the Christmas season is jam-packed with lots of meaning and tradition sure. that are beautiful. And they are worth our celebrating and commemorating as as much as we can. There was something last I was watching last night on on AWTN. It was on the, the Vaticano uh, program they have on. But there was a theologian from Rome, and I had never heard this. Where he said some of the fathers of the church said that the star was actually an angel, 
leading. The, and I had never heard that. No, you I, know, I heard, heard about it, the alignment you? of Jupiter and, and Mars or however yeah. the planets lined up. But he said some in ancient days thought maybe it was the light of an angel guiding them. I wonder. Them. You know, that's inter- I never heard that either. No. You know. mm. Uh, could have been, you know, who knows what it could have been. In whatever way God chose to lead them, he led Glory them. Glory to God, that's <laughs> what I say. You know, the Lord is here. That's right. Uh, interesting times, uh, you know, we've we've had in the, in the last week or so uh, a lot of uh, activity uh, revolving around uh, the State House here in mm, Trenton. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday there was a, a, a huge rally. Uh, for uh, it was a, a question of uh, uh, the religious exemption that uh, we have enjoyed here in New Jersey for uh, the question of vaccinations, uh, parental choice, really, in that in that matter, um, and it was uh, it has been proposed, and it was uh, passed yesterday that religious exemptions for vaccinations would no longer be honored in the Mm -hmm. state, that people would be required to vaccinate the children. Now, I'm not going to wander into the the ocean of the vaccination question because I know that's a very emotionally laden question. I know that people will ask me, well, what does the church teach? Mm Mm-hmm. And the church, uh, at the request of uh, Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger from the Doctrine of Faith, who later became Pope Benedict in 2005, the Pontifical Academy for Life, uh, did a a rather intense study of the morality of vaccinations, because that's the claim, that that, uh, because of of the material that was obtained, the cell lines that was obtained from aborted fetuses, Mm Is this cooperation an immoral act and therefore immoral in itself? And so the morality of vaccinations uh, became a question and a serious question confronted by many. And the, the Pontifical Academy for Life, as I mentioned, were, were charged with investigating it. And basically their conclusion was that it, it is moral, morally acceptable to mm-hmm. vaccinate a child, uh, and uh, that uh, that people should feel in good conscience that they can do this. However, it's not required. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's not required. Uh, in 2017, another study was done on a similar uh, topic by the same Pontifical Academy for Life, maybe some different members, because the question didn't go away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so the Pontifical Academy again reached into this uh, and came with the same basic conclusion that it's morally acceptable mm. to vaccinate, but not required. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I think is in the minds and the hearts of people. They want, you know, we hear so much about choice, choice, right, choice. Right. Well, they want to maintain their choice, As their parents, rights yeah. to make the determination. Mm-hmm. Some say there are uh, there are medical reasons not to vaccinate, scientific medical reasons, and so there are some scientists who uh, support that point of view. Uh, but it is a disputed question, even in science. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are other scientists, scientists, and, and uh, researchers who say no. There's no real danger in the vaccination themselves. So. Mm-hmm. It's an issue, and it's an issue that's not easily settled. 
It's certainly not an issue that I can settle, nor am I going to attempt to settle it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what disturbs me is the fact that this is another example of the government taking away what it had honored as a practice in the past. You can't tell me that this is not an attack on church Mm -hmm. and faith-based institutions. Mm -hmm. It's the slow, steady whittling away of our rights as believers to hold on to our beliefs. Mm -hmm. We see it again. It's going to be this coming Monday, the 13th. Uh, there, there is legislation again before the Trenton or before the New Jersey State uh, Leg Senate and Assembly uh, to force to to end the religious exemption that religious employers had, not to pay for insurance coverage for abortion, right. for gender reassignment, uh, for all kinds of other. Uh, procedures that the church feels run contrary to its teaching. Mm -hmm. And it's going to pass. It's going to pass. It's going to pass. I have, on both of these issues, the vaccination issue, I have brought to our New Jersey Catholic Conference as a concern, and this other issue has been talked about. I'm not taking any credit for this. This is uh, just one of the things that, as a bishop, concerns me, and Mm -hmm. I've had some discussions and uh, back-and-forth communications with the New Jersey Catholic Conference, but it it just saddens me. I don't, for the life of me, I don't know why this is being pushed, Mm -hmm. other than they want to whittle away the influence of the Catholic Church or Christianity, or Mm -hmm. not just Christians, but people who believe, Mm faith-based, people who believe in God. Their influence, their ability to mm-hmm. influence, mm-hmm. and it's it's wrong. Yeah, it's wrong. It was not what the founders had in mind right. uh, when they uh, enunciated. How many times, you know, we were created by God, mm-hmm. rights given by God, and why are we taking them away? So it, it's something that bothers me very, very much. I've written to uh, the sponsors of some of these bills. Uh, and ask them to reconsider. Eventually, once they're passed and the the vaccination exemption uh, passed yesterday, so that that is no longer that that's no longer going to be uh, uh, permitted mm-hmm. exemption for religious reasons. I think it will go. I think it has to go one more one more round mm-hmm. before it goes to the governor's desk mm. and uh, this other bill. Uh, for contraception, allowing contraception or forcing us, requiring us to provide insurance coverage for contraception and these other practices, you know, uh, I, I just don't think we have the support in the legislature to mm-hmm. to hold that off. And that'll go to the governor's desk. And, yeah. you know, I'm not a betting man, but I would bet that he'll sign them. Mm. And so it's it's just sad. It saddens me. It's unfortunate that what we're seeing in our day and age is people are trying to keep the church, put the church down, put mm-hmm. the church away, get rid of any influence that re- church and religious practice and religious belief has mm-hmm. on uh, our life. Yeah, our life. Yeah. And, you, and you know, Bishop, you mentioned just as a as an example of how media reflects the current culture. You think back to the 1930s and 40s and, and films that were out about the church, like the Going My Way or Bells of St. Mary's, and 
presented the church in a very positive light. And people had a very acceptable um, uh, tolerance for the church and, and believers. There was no question about you believe that, and you there was no no attack. But things have changed so it dramatically. It wasn't even a question of tolerance. It no. just it was the way it That's was. That's the way it was, right? Part of life. Yeah. Part of life. Right. And and I'm sorry, religious faith is part of life. Right. It's part of our life. Mm-hmm. Whether you're a Catholic, a Jew, a Muslim, whatever your religious belief, or if you have no religious belief, mm-hmm. okay? Right. The government does not have the right to interfere. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and what we're seeing now is the erosion of that. Right. Uh, that, that the government is just more and more and more involved in our personal lives. Don't we hear so often, I'll keep the church out of my personal right. life. Well, <laughs> what about the government? Right. The government's sticking its nose into your personal life That's for those right. who do believe yeah. and those who do. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I encourage our listeners, you know, to, uh, uh, you know, I'm not a political person, but, but certainly in these matters that do t- deal with our faith and the practice of our faith, I would encourage people to get in touch with your senators and assemblymen and let your voice be heard let right. them know. be educated in the in the in the issues and, and yeah. know what's going on 14 percent of the population of new jersey are catholic yeah, yeah. Now, whether they practice how they practice but are identified as catholic yeah. that's a big that's a big chunk number of, yeah sure of people and if if we were to of course there's a lot of diversity of opinions in that 40 percent yeah but if somehow we were able to unite and make our voice heard that would be a pretty substantial uh, mm-hmm. influence. Well, probably on, many of the legislators, and also we know the governor is Catholic. Catholic, uh, so yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, we can we can hope and we can pray and we can do whatever it is that we can do. As I say, I wrote uh, in in August. I wrote again uh, this week about some of these concerns, and and uh, you know you, you don't usually hear back from the legislators when mm-hmm. you write to them. Because, of course, you call their office, you can never get them on the phone. Right. Well, obviously, they don't want to talk about it. No. <laughs> uh, I can't say if I if I believed what they believed that I'd want to talk uh, about it either. That's right. Uh, especially especially the if the bishop, bishop is calling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you, you talk to a staffer, and yeah. staffers are good young people, right. you know, making their way. But, uh, you know, I don't have a whole lot of confidence that, uh, you know, the nuances and the particularities, which I try to, I try to write them out so that when I call, I have everything in front of me right. so that I don't uh, err in, in my presentation. But of course, you don't get the chance to talk to them. So yeah. I, I use email and faxes and whatever other means I have to quickly get the message to mm-hmm. them. So mm-hmm. uh, these are tough times. They're tough times in so many ways, but. You know, I'm hoping that the better angels of their nature will prevail. No, no one's asking them to agree. We're just asking them not to interfere. Right. Right. You know, they can hold whatever beliefs they want, but don't interfere with our practice of our faith. Right. And that's the point we want to make. We have coming up this month, Jim. What time is it? How much time do we We have? We have about 15, 15 minutes, Bishop. Yeah. We have, uh, of course, Martin Luther King, the celebration of the mm-hmm. holiday, national holiday in honor of Martin Luther King on January 20th. Um, and for us as Catholics, uh, m- some of us, people who are a vintage of our age, Jim, we mm-hmm. remember uh, Martin Luther King and we remember the civil rights marches right. and his his very, uh, very charismatic presence in, in our country. 
uh, and his the sad assassination mm-hmm. of Martin Luther King in 68. I remember watching, I was watching the television when the, when the news broadcast sure, me too. came across. Well, we have since uh, President Reagan had established uh, a national holiday in his honor mm-hmm. in the early 80s, and I think it went into effect in 1988 in the country. Uh, and it's a, it's a very fitting holiday, an opportunity for us really to recall some of these, again, we go back to the question of rights. Here we're talking about civil rights. What's mm-hmm. more fundamental right than the right to life? Right. Let me just That's put that right. out there. That's right. Uh, so Martin Luther King is spokesman for civil rights and a man who, who really did so much. And uh, we honor him. Uh, some parts of the diocese, I know Ocean County has a campaign, Love Thy Neighbor campaign, uh, in which they uh, promote uh, concern and care for all people, regardless mm-hmm. of their race or religion or status in life. Uh, and so we went out on that day, however we spend it. And some people say it's not a day off, it's a day on. And right, you see right. a lot of schools have, have wonderful service programs service projects, yeah. and projects mm-hmm. that they engage in, and, and that's great. But uh, uh, we should continue to pray for mm-hmm. end of racism and end of discrimination and, again, uh, uh, some of the hatred that continues. We mm-hmm. see it right. and it continues to exist. Mm-hmm. You know, I would add to that it's a, a special prayer for the end of the violence. Last couple of nights watching the, the news, I watched the uh, Philly news. Yeah. Cheryl and I were saying the same thing last night watching the news. It seems like I've gotten worse. Worse. Uh, all of a sudden, all these uh, the shootings. And, yeah, uh, in, in, some of, mm. in some of these areas uh, 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 of the city where... where uh, where there shouldn't be this kind, there should be unity, yeah, right. there should be community. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and the, these shootings are senseless, yeah. maybe fueled by drugs or gangs or something yeah. like that. But, you know, Martin Luther King's uh, holiday celebration is an opportunity for us many to reflect on the way things are mm. and, and pray mm-hmm. and do everything in our power to... Uh, yeah. And to I remember, them. and I, I know you do too, because 1968, 1969, those were very tumultuous years. They were... Oh, terrible. I mean, horrible, especially 68, the because riots, it was only a few months and... after Martin Luther King that uh, Robert Kennedy was assassinated. Yeah. The riots, the, the Chicago Convention, I mean, it was horrible California things. California Los Angeles. Yeah. I mean, it was a... It was a it, these were tough times. Yeah. Changing times. Yeah. And change never is easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, we have the wonderful witness that's given at the pro-life march this mm-hmm. year on january 24th our knights of columbus and the various parishes around the diocese sponsor buses going to washington this is the 47th march it's mm. hard to believe yeah, it is. since uh, roe v wade uh and this year the theme uh, of the uh, march is life empowers pro-life is pro-woman and i think that's a good theme mm-hmm. good theme in these days when uh, so many uh, aspects of the women's movement are promoted, Me Too, mm-hmm. and all of those mm-hmm. other things. So uh, it emphasizes the, the the movement's understanding that protecting the life of an unborn child protects the life of the mother mm-hmm. from unnecessary trauma. Mm-hmm. And that's one way of looking at this, uh, and it's the way that's being promoted this year. Locally, we'll have the, the rally at the State House. This year it's on January 22nd. From 11 to 1, I, I think there may be a mass at the cathedral that's in, in, in the works and being planned, mm-hmm. but I don't have the details of that right now. Uh, but uh, the march to Washington, 
uh, on the 24th of January. Uh, you know, I used to have a, a, a diocesan-wide pro-life mass the night before that. Right. But for some reason, people have said to me, you know, better that that people gather in their own parishes for that. So mm-hmm. we we discontinued that. I was sorry to see it go, but, uh, you know, if parishes are, uh, prefer to do it in the parishes for their own groups, that's, right. that's fine. But people will be on the bus and headed down to the march. Um, among the guest speakers will be... Uh, uh, Mike Pence's daughter and some others, um, Jim Daly, who's the president of Focus on the Family, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of other speakers during that day, and then the march. There's always hundreds of thousands, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and of course the media says ten thousand. Right, not if you watch the mainstream media. Yeah, <laughs> they don't. They don't watch it, but uh, I certainly encourage. Here in the diocese, also we have up in the Bayshore area a bunch of activities. You know, mm-hmm. we, you're aware, Jim, we divided. Uh, all the parishes into cohorts, regional right. cohorts. Right. So cohort 14, which is the parishes of Our Lady of Fatima in Keyport and Holy Family in Union Beach, St. Clement and Matawan, uh, and I think St. Benedict's in Homedale is joining mm-hmm. in as well, perhaps maybe St. Catherine's too, I'm not sure. But the Celebrate Life 2020, and it's going to be a series of pro-life events uh, that are going to occur between January 15th and 25th. Um, that will include like a nine-day novena for life mm-hmm. with each of the parishes up in the Bayshore area hosting evenings of prayer. And that will conclude on January 23rd, the night before the march to Washington. Um, and so uh, I think it's a great thing. St. Joe's Church, Joseph's Church, um, and Maple Place and Keyport on the grounds of the church there mm-hmm. and Our Lady of, uh, of Fatima area. Uh, we'll be showing the uh, movie Unplanned. I don't mm-hmm. know whether you've seen that. I've not seen it, but read and heard a lot yeah, about it's it. Great, yeah. great mm-hmm. movie. I saw it, and it's 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 going to begin uh, on uh, on January twenty twenty fifth. Um, so uh, it, it's a good opportunity, and another good example of how the diocese parishes and the diocese are taking taking responsibility for uh, mm-hmm. for speaking out for life. Right, and I know we will be covering. Uh, all the events taking place in Washington through our affiliation with the network. So yeah, that'll you all go, day do you go down on the for 24th. That? We, I don't go down oh, personally. Oh, you do from here. But we get it, the yeah. feed from UWTN. Broadcast, so we broadcast yeah. the whole day uh, to our listeners, who those who can't go. And now mm-hmm. those who do get on the, and maybe can't do the march, are they still? I know sometimes they stop at the cathedral and let the people just pray all day in the cathedral and spend time there. I, I think some people ask that question. You know, you I mean, can't you, march. So and, they go to our cathedral here? Or no, in Washington at the um, Basilica. Oh, I the say. Basilica, yeah. sure. So. Sure, the Basilica is open all the time. Mm-hmm. And in fact, when, when I was in, in Catholic University, we used to host mm-hmm. a lot of the school groups that would come. Right. The kids would come and they would stay all over the place, wherever mm-hmm. there was a free space. You yeah. know, they'd put up their sleeping a sleeping, sure. uh, sleeping bag. And, uh, and the same is true in the Basilica of the Shrine. They have a mass at the Basilica on the morning of the march. And I, that's usually around 7.30. Yeah, the we, night we before, they have a, the vigil mass, mm-hmm. because that's jammed right. beyond uh, capacity. Right. Uh, and I think it's it's Bishop Nauman mm-hmm. uh, from from Missouri, Kansas City, I think, who is the uh, chair of the pro-life committee of the bishops' conference. And I think he'll probably be the preacher and the, mm-hmm. and the celebrant of the mass. Mm-hmm. You had a lot of bishops that go. You know, and I've gone for years, but... I can't march. Right. That's no. unfortunate. Right. Know, I, 
I can do a lot of other things, but in terms of long-term walking, it's sure. not possible. No, no. But I, I'm I'm planning or hoping that I can get down for at least part of the part of the day mm-hmm. and, and be with our our good people. But I'm so grateful to everybody that goes, and so proud of our diocese and yeah. its participation. And I'm so grateful to the Knights of Columbus, yes, and to the parishes mm-hmm. that uh, make yeah. this possible. A new thing this year, Jim. Mm-hmm. Word of God Sunday. Have you heard about this? I did. It's this Sunday, isn't it? it no, thir- it's Jan- January 26th. It'll okay. be the third Sunday, third Sunday. in ordinary time. Mm-hmm. Third Sunday. And our, our Holy Father, Pope Francis, has uh, has uh, decreed that mm-hmm. this should be observed from now on and giving special prominence to the role of the Word of God mm-hmm. uh, to, so that people that are Catholics across the world, really, but here in the diocese in particular, can deepen their appreciation and love. Uh, and faithful witness to God and his word. Uh, it's a special day uh, in which the church is asking people to read the Bible, to study it, to make some commitment to regularly read the Bible, to experience how the Lord opens up the treasury of his word. And uh, I find, you know, of course, I've been reading the Bible for a million years mm-hmm. <laughs> And every day, you know, one of the advantages the priests have, we pray the divine office, yeah, beautiful. which is the word of God, sure. it's the Psalms yeah. and readings and everything. It gives us the opportunity to be kind of immersed in our mm-hmm. prayer at those different junctures of the day. And so uh, I, I wrote to the pastors yesterday, to the parish, to, actually I wrote to all the priests and deacons, encouraging them to make sure this is a special. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Third Sunday of Third Ordinary. Every Sunday. year, not just this year, right? Be every every year. year, third Sunday. We have that same Sunday, actually the 25th and the 26th, the Saturdays, the 25th and 26th, a, uh, a father-son retreat. Yes. And it's going to be held in uh, on Long Beach Island. Mm-hmm. Chris Vernon has a, a new... Uh, a new hotel that he opened up this past summer. Mm-hmm. Actually, I, I, I visited there. It's a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. There's you cross the bridge, right? It's right there. Just as you go across the bridge mm-hmm. into uh, Long Beach Island. You mm-hmm. can see it right in front of you. Yeah. And uh, it's a, I think it's pretty full, actually. Father's sons. First time we've done something like this, at least in my memory, mm-hmm. and I've done it before. But it's uh, sponsored by the Catholic Athletes for Christ, mm-hmm. whom I, our listeners maybe heard about earlier this week when Father Jason Parzinski and Coach John McKenna our, were our on two the, our two newest radio your, personalities your here, two new stars. <laughs> and by the, the the retreat is called Braveheart. It's going to have great speakers mm-hmm. and uh, and I'm heard in an extraordinary homilist on Sunday. Mm. The Bishop of Trenton. Oh, my. Okay, then. we got to go. <laughs> no, that's great. And, and uh, you know, I mentioned the sh- radio show. I listened to it this week, the, the show Just Be You. Just Be You. A uh, nice theme. And uh, Father Jason and Coach McKenna, Coach, everybody refers to him at Notre Dame, mm-hmm. uh, are going to do a great job. That show is on Tuesdays, I think, 3.30. And, 3.30 tomorrow and Saturdays at 9. Yeah. It repeats. And Core mm-hmm. repeats. Great. Yeah. Catholic Schools Week is coming, as it does every year, toward mm-hmm. the end of January. A great opportunity for us to celebrate Catholic education as it occurs in our Catholic schools. Um, it'll be that whole week, the 27th to the 31st. We have about 31 grammar schools currently in the diocese. Mm-hmm. Uh, we Two will be closing, uh, sadly, uh, at the end of this year. Um, but the other schools are doing their best. Uh, 11 high schools. Plus mm-hmm. we have two other types of high schools, which are... Catholic in nature or in the Catholic tradition, Trinity High School for girls, which I mentioned earlier, in 
Monmouth and Holy Cross in Delran, mm-hmm. which was a diocesan high school and then transferred to an independent Catholic high school, uh, very similar to uh, uh, to uh, St. Mary's up in uh, Father Jeff Kegley's parish. Okay, in Middletown. Mm-hmm. In Middletown, that, that uh, great school there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to celebrate Catholic education as we always do. Saddened we are when we have to close, but realizing that, that that only makes us more committed to keep the schools going. The issue is always enrollment. Right. You know, in exactly. the two schools we closed, the yeah. enrollment was, you know, down to 113, 125. Right. It right. just was impossible, feasible right. to keep it open, mm-hmm. keep them open. And we're sad, but we encourage people to take advantage of the Catholic schools that are close to those two schools that will be closing. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of them are in our diocese, some of them are in Camden mm-hmm. diocese, but uh, Catholic education is the point. Amen. And we want to keep... Product so we'll, of 16 years of Catholic education uh, right here, me, Bishop. So me, me too. And, and and I only have a slight twitch as a result. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But very but very many fond memories, and we were we were so thankful to Almighty God that we were able to send our kids to Catholic schools throughout their Right through Absolutely. high school. It's, yeah, I just think that it's an investment. Sacrifice, but it's worth it's well worth it. Sacrifice, but it's an investment in the future, mm-hmm. and it's an investment well worth it. And yep. the, the results are there. Yeah, absolutely. No one can doubt it. No, no. This year, I'm going to have a Catholic homeschool mass. Okay. You know, we always have a diocesan, uh, diocesan Catholic schools mass. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always well attended and beautiful. Um, but I was thinking, you know, you, you know, there are many. Families who homeschool right, their children, right. Catholic families who homeschool mm-hmm. their children. And we have not yet done anything really to celebrate and promote them. So I'm going to offer a Mass. This will be the first time we've done it for Catholic homeschools, homeschool families, Great. on April 16th. Okay. There'll be more about this that is in the monitor and in the parishes. But April 16th at 1030 at St. John the Baptist in Allentown. Okay. We're going to have a mass for, for, for those who are interested, families for Catholic homeschool. Mm-hmm. You know, we did the Catholic, the called by name program, the mm-hmm. location program. People have been asking me about it. About 40% of the parishes participated. I was a little disappointed in that. I was expecting much yeah. more of it mm-hmm. since this is such a big need. But we did, from the 40% of the parishes who, who, who did respond... And if, again, Father Jason is the vocation right, director, and right. he, he's been coordinating this with Father Dan Swift and Father Gary Koch mm-hmm. and, his, and their team. Uh, we got, I think, about 212 names offered as possible leads of kids who may be considering or thinking about vocation or should be approached to right. ask about it. So, you know, I, I consider it a, a success, and hopefully some of the parishes that have not reported the names in yet— uh, we'll get those names in so we can continue to 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 foster vocations. I think we have maybe three young men that are lined up for seminary in the fall. Mm-hmm. And of course, they conclude the conclude the program. We can't we can't ignore what's going on in the world yeah. in terms of the tension and the conflict in the Middle East. That's a that's an area of the world that I don't think will ever be at peace. Mm-mm. And just, uh, you know, and thousands so, of years, it's thousands been, of years mm-hmm. of conflict. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, with the recent situation with the, uh, the killing of the general and the reaction right. of the people of Iran to that and the back and forth that's going on and the politics in Washington mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. You know, it, it makes Pope Francis's uh, plea for us to pray for peace all the more yeah. urgent in these days. Mm-hmm. And, 
you know, praying for peace and advocating for peace is not a political statement. Right. And it's what God asks of That's us. Right. We need to pray for peace. Amen. Amen. Well, Bishop, thank you so very much, as always, for being here with us this month. We look forward to spending next month with you again. And uh, yeah, got lots of news for next month. We've got right. the youth conference coming and all kinds of good news for February. Okay, so tune in then, friends, and uh, Bishop will be back next month. God, God bless you.